Well, hello, my beautiful teacher, friend, and sister in Christ. How are you today? Well, I hope that you had a beautiful and wonderful and memorable Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Happy Tuesday to you if you're listening on this Tuesday, the day that it's airing, for what I call Teacher Tuesdays, when I have special guests come on to the show. So today I have another special guest. But before I introduce her, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but I actually host another podcast, which I've had around for a lot longer, and it's called Driven in Her Purpose. And so it is a Christian podcast. Um, it is a how-to, but um, it basically focuses on how to live intentionally, how to live with purpose, and also, it helps you reignite your faith. And that's probably my favorite part because it focuses on people, women, basically, who need just a little reigniting of their faith because sometimes we go through seasons that are difficult or um, just seasons that we're kind of in a dull place with our relationship with God or even just in a season or time where it's even more challenging. We're going through many more difficulties. So that show right there is meant to encourage your faith. I knew, I know that the sisters here, the people that listen to the show are mostly Christian teachers. So I figure, you know what, let me step in here and let you know that if you want to feel free to check out the show. It's a really good show. I've gotten a lot of feedback, good feedback, and um, I hope it encourages you. But today, I, I also pray you're encouraged by one of our beautiful and wonderful sisters in Christ, who basically has inspired me to start thinking about maybe one day becoming a homeschool teacher, homeschool mom. I mean, I'm serious. Like her, her story is so amazing and impactful. Her heart her passion for what she does now. She is a retired teacher. We're going to learn a little bit more about her, but she is just so, uh, just such a beautiful, wonderful person. So my prayer is that this episode will encourage you on this day and enjoy. Do you ever wonder if teaching is the only calling in your life? Hi, I'm Rosie. I'm a faith-driven teacher and entrepreneur who loves Jesus. I believe that teachers make the best entrepreneurs. We are planners, managers, and doers. We are passionate, and we love changing people's lives for the better. We are also some of the hardest working people on the planet, hands down. Using these strengths as entrepreneurs make us an unstoppable powerhouse. So come and be inspired by amazing faith-led teachers who live every day with passion, purpose, and intention as they pursue their purpose beyond the classroom. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Purpose Beyond the Classroom. I'm Rosie Alejandro, and I am your host, and I am super happy that you can join me today. Actually, you're going to be joining me with another very special guest, Elaine Camacho. She's a good friend of mine who is both a bilingual certified Florida teacher who is uh, was an elementary school teacher for 15 years. She has experience and focus in science, math, social studies, and Spanish language arts. She has also raised up her church's children ministry and led its curriculum implementation for four years. 
She is passionate about teaching the whole child, highlighting their strengths and providing opportunities to improve areas for growth. She enjoys teaching cross-curricular lessons that feature visual, kinesthetic, and auditory opportunities. And she is blessed and very thankful to now be homeschooling a mom of two. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Elaine. Welcome to the show, Elaine. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. I'm excited. I'm so happy that you can be on this show. I know we've been trying to get on for a little while and life and busy and kids and everything. I know it's been crazy, but I'm so, so, so happy that you can be here today with me, Elaine. Thank you. And um, I'm excited to hear about what you're doing now. But uh, before we do that, and I want to, of course, in, encourage our, our listeners to to maybe if they're they're wanting to do what you're doing now and how to do that. But before we start, I want to to ask you a little bit more about about yourself. Just tell a little bit about yourself. Alrighty. So, <clears throat> pardon me for the cough. Um, all right. So, born and raised in Miami, um, Cuban family. Uh, Spanish being my first language because of my Cuban parents. Um, but yeah, born and raised in Miami. Um, married for. 15, 16 years now, um, met my husband as an 18-year-old, fell in love, and we've been together ever since, which has been a blessing, um, despite teenage years, full pause and stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a very, very happy mommy of two, seven and four, um, girl and then a boy. Um, and I think that's it for now. You keep asking. I okay. Keep <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So um, I know that you've been, you were a Florida teacher. You were a teacher in the public school system for 15 years. So tell us about that experience as a teacher. What were, what was the things that you, what some of the things that you loved and maybe some of the challenges you went through when you were a teacher? Oh my gosh. It was one of the best things. Um, it was completely full circle. So the story goes, my elementary school, right, when I was entering college and I knew that I had to do some field hours, as they call it, I went back because that's my comfort zone. Like, that's the only school really that I know it. I was born and raised in Sweetwater, to be specific, went to college at FIU. Like, I stayed within a five-mile radius <laughs> of my neighborhood. So before going to any other school, I wanted to go back there. So I did my field hours there, ran into some of my former teachers um, and really started to build a relationship with one in particular, which I later on found out that my husband, boyfriend at the time, um, this teacher was both my fifth grade teacher and his fifth grade teacher. We were three years apart. So that was a, sorry. <clears throat> so sorry. It's so, okay. Um, I know, I know you're in the season of uh, coughing a lot. No worries. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and then I have a little raspy voice to, to begin with. So it doesn't help. <laughs> I love um, your voice though, by the way. It's so cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so this fifth grade teacher, he's a gentleman, um, he's now, if you fast forward 20 years later, he is a, a third dad, because, you know, my biological and my father-in-law, but he's a dad to me, he's a grandpa to my kids, um, but the story goes that I did my field hours there, and then when it was time for me to do my internship, they told us at FIU, you cannot do the internship at the same school where you did field hours at, and I was like, well, I'm still gonna write it down as a school that I'd like to go to. Let the Lord decide, you know, what happens. I put down the name of the school and lo and behold, God gave me the school. So it broke the fine print. And I know that that was God's hand because I got to do my, my internship with him. So I got to be under his wing. But the story doesn't end there. I got interviewed by a former teacher of that school that used to be a teacher when I was there. I got interviewed by him to become a substitute teacher. And that was like luck of the draw. Like it wasn't planned because um, in the school system, it's whoever 
interviews you. You don't know who it is. Then when I finished my internship, okay, now I need a job. Where do I go? The principal of the school hires me. And he hires me, like, runs and tells me, you need to go to Fayou. You need to get your, your thing, you, whatever you need to do. Get it because I need to hire you before the window closes where then I will not be able to hire you as a permanent teacher. I'm going to have to hire you as a 3,100. And I don't want that. I want to make sure I grab you and that I don't lose you. Which, it was just like a whirlwind of emotions. Like, this is my school. Like, my name was on the plaque in the office as one of the representatives when I was like, it's, it's, my, it's my home, you know? So I got to teach third grade for 10 years, which was the grade at the time that like, almost nobody wanted because it's FCAT and it's super stressful. But God really helped me find my niche in that. I loved it with a passion. Um, I had every type of child come through my hands and I had to find ways to help each one all meet the same standard, which as a teacher, you know how difficult that is. Mm -hmm. um, and really have parents be my allies. And in those years of building those relationships, it just, it, it solidified that when I was seven, I told my parents, I'm gonna be a teacher. And that little desire in my heart that God put in there just flourished. Um, after those 10 years, I went on maternity leave because I had my daughter and I come back to the surprise of that this mentor of mine, like this dad of mine is retiring and his fifth grade science liaison position, the boss did not want to give it to anybody but me because she told me, you're like his daughter. I trust nobody else. I'm going to move you. So I, I got picked up from my 10 year niche of third grade with, and I love so much. And now, oh, by the way, you're a new mom with a million responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Learn something new. Wow. But again, God's hand was there. I got in and absolutely loved it. I got to teach fifth grade science and math too. Um, did that for five more years. Um, and the ending was um, bittersweet, but I'll get more into that when we get to that point. But the, 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 the spent of my 15 years there were just, I mean, I, I taught fifth grade in my fifth grade classroom, like my actual room. Mm. And, I, and I would always tell my students, I like, hey, that was my chair. Like, I invented the books, <laughs> like playing with them, you know, because I love yeah. having that kind of relationship with them. Um, so it was beautiful. Um, challenges, like with anything, there's always going to be a challenge. Certain things that <clears> as, <throat> as an educator, I didn't agree with. Certain mm -hmm. philosophies I had that um, did not agree with the system or did not agree with whatever. Um, but I had very, very supportive um, principles throughout my years there that would see my work, would see my heart, would see my passion. And they would at some point tell me, close your doors, get it done. Like, mm, yeah. like they, tr they trusted That's me. And, and that was something that I valued a lot because mm -hmm. I was surrounded in a school. Like my school was a school full of veterans. I had 20, 25, 30 year veteran teachers and here I was, not in my 15th year, on my fifth year, my third year. And I was gaining this trust from these principals that would tell me, close your doors, do what you got to do. And I would be able to respond to that by the, by the hand of God, by the grace of God. Um, so even within the challenges, I could see God moving. So Awesome. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. So let me ask you, um, let's transition <clears throat> into this. Uh, you, you're becoming a homeschool teacher. So first of all, um, how long have you been so far a homeschool teacher? How many years? Since or, the home, or homeschool mom, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Since yeah, the pandemic um, began? Okay. Since the pandemic. So okay, years. perfect. So so tell us about that uh, transition. Um, how did you become a homeschool mom? And what are some of the things that you love about being a homeschool mom right now? 
Well, I, I swear, I always joke that this is exactly what I never knew that I always wanted. Mm, wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the pandemic hit and I got to stay home with the kiddos, obviously, because they were little. They were two and four and a half at the time. Um, <clears throat> and I was still teaching virtually while my daughter was in her little pre-K class virtually, which was <sighs> so fun. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then I had a heart to heart with her pre-K teacher that I valued her opinion a lot. Um, a 30-year veteran teacher who continued to teach despite the pandemic. She didn't have to. She could have just retired. She had her 30 years. Um, valued her opinion a lot. And I asked her, you know, what do I do for kindergarten? It's a big year. Um, she told me, look, whatever you do. She was kind of trying to convince me to bring, bring my daughter back to school. Look, she's like, whatever you do. She's only four or five years old. She needs face-to-face. I came home, told my husband what she said. We prayed a lot, <laughs> um, especially because of the finances, because the idea of me leaving my job was very scary, mm -hmm. um, financially speaking. And yes, it's a passion for me. It's it's a career of love for me. But be becoming a mom showed me I'm still teaching, just mm -hmm. not in the way I always thought I would, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we prayed a lot about it. And I said, you know what? If my daughter needs face-to-face, face-to-face is what she's going to get. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. Because I am not going to now depend on someone else to teach my child what I want to teach her. God gave mm -hmm. her to me. And my little one was only two. My son, I was like, and God gave him to me. Like, I have this opportunity that I can never get back. <clears throat> um, and when I went on maternity leave with both of them, I was blessed to have almost a whole year with each individually. The second that I had to take them to, to daycare, it just would break my heart. Mm -hmm. And I know that all moms go through that, but it just felt a little, it hit differently for me because I wasn't dropping them off and then going to an office job or going to be a doctor. Or like I wasn't, I was dropping them off to somebody who was doing the exact same thing that I was doing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, and then simultaneously, I was raising up the children's ministry at my church. And God really put a, a vision in my heart for the parents of Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 about teaching this word, teaching the word of God to your children at every, every given point. It says mm -hmm. when you rise, when you lie, when you go out, when you come in, when you're in the fields, when you're in the hills, like everywhere you are. And then I started to take a little like, um, what's the word, like inventory of my life. Mm -hmm. And I live very far from my daughter and my son's school. I work very far from my home. I was commuting three hours a day, an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half at night, waking them up at five in the morning to arrive to the house at six o'clock at night. And I was like, okay, so when do I Deuteronomy my life? Like, when mm -hmm. do I do this? Mm -hmm. I get home, it's quick dinner, give them a bath, put them to bed, and prepárate when it, sorry, my Cuban comes out. That's okay, I love it. <laughs> prepárate. Prepárate when homeschool, when, when, when homework comes into the picture. Now I'm not really not going to have any time because I'm going to be too busy doing homework. Like, I just took that inventory and I looked at my husband, he looked at me, he goes, do you have peace about this? I go, I do, man. I don't know how God's going to provide, but like, this is it. Mm. And we're like, burn the ships, like for clean country, burn the ships. I had to give up, give up everything because I couldn't just tell my job, oh, put me on hold. I already taken a year hold, a year off. They don't give you more. Um, I called for the retirement. And they're like, well, you're not, you're not 30 years in. You're only 15 years in. So we'll save your money, but you can't get it until you get 30 years. So we literally just burned all the ships. 
I had to kick my daughter off of the, her, her waiting list and my son's waiting list from the private school. And they told me, if you take her off, like you, you can't come back. Like we literally burned all the ships. Wow. And wow. That, that, that was the beginning. <laughs> wow. Wow. So what's, what's um, one thing that you, the one thing that you love most about being at home teaching your children? Like, I know there's many things, but maybe number one, what's the number one thing? I love having a front row seat mm. to everything. Nice, nice. I remember I would pick up my daughter and good or bad news. Like I remember one time the, the teacher told me, man, she, she was like two and a half. She goes, man, she had a really big tantrum today. And my daughter is like your quintessential strong-willed child, okay? Man, she had a big tantrum today. She did this and this and this. And, and the teacher's like, oh, and I did this and this and this. And theoretically, textbook-wise, everything went the way it should have gone. Like the teacher did everything right. I had no complaints, no criticism, no judgment. So I came home crying and I told my husband, my God, I couldn't see all that, how it went down. The teacher gave me a mental image. She gave me a picture. She was rolling on the floor and she was screaming and all this. And, and as a mom, you're like, I want to be there. Like, at least let me be a fly on the wall. Like, I want to see what strategies the teacher used to help my daughter. She got to tell me, but I couldn't see it. And I remember being desperate, like asking the teacher, what, what did you do? Like, how do you manage this when she does this? Like, and then I would try and implement that at home. Like I would have the behavior system from the classroom. I brought it to my house. Like I tried to copy and learn and grow from that experience. Then I told myself, but I'm the mom. Like God gave her to me. And yes, I want her to be respectful to authority. And yes, I want her to have those experiences. I, I don't want to shield her or shelter her from that. But I think I have the right as the mom to be the first one there. I think I have the right to have that. And maybe she'll drive me crazy. <laughs> but it's my, like, I signed up for it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, I love that. I love having that front row seat. My son, he was, he turned two, two weeks after the pandemic hit, April 8th. And I remember I got so excited that I have him at home. And, you know, he's so little. And I get to have this time with him that I didn't have with Joanna and all this. And. I remember I gave him one of those, um, what you call it, those dot markers. Oh, yeah, I know those. Right? Yeah. I gave him that, and his little face, he just stared at it, and he had no idea what to do with it. <laughs> and it broke my heart, because oh. I was like, they, they're not doing this for him in daycare, because hmm. he had to go to a different daycare than the one my daughter went to. And it just broke my heart, and I go, oh, my God. Like, he has no idea what to do with this. And I, I'm not depending on a teacher to teach it to him. It's me. So I got to see him learn how to hold a crayon. Mm. I got to see him learn that that letter makes that ah sound. Like I got to see those little moments. And as a teacher, I always taught the upper elementary. So those aha moments, <clears throat> they served my heart when I was teaching with the bigger kids, right? Like when they would learn pandas in math or they learned chemical reactions. And it was like cool and academic and it really like strikes my fancy. Like I love that stuff. But these are my babies. And I got to see them like learn how to hold a pencil and learn how to do this. And so that is like my absolute favorite thing. That's amazing. That's so yeah. heartwarming. I I it makes me want to be a homeschool mom. <laughs> Your story. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Except I'm a middle school teacher. So and you know, it's oh. funny. Um <clears throat> I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but I did spend one summer um just like a little extra money that I needed a long time ago. Uh, I did teach, uh, for the, a four-year-old pre-K program for summer. Mm -hmm. 
And so that was really cool because I got to see the kids at that level. Um, I already had two kids and they were beyond that age already. But um, but it was kind of it was a really nice experience. Um, not something that I would definitely do all the time, at least if it's not to my own kids. I'm sure I could probably if one day I decide to do it because it's your kids. Right. But yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, but it was a really nice experience to be able to see them learn their ABCs um, well, you know, um, to learn all these different, like the the shapes. And it was, it was nice. It was different. You know, I, I'm versus being a, a social studies teacher, uh, yeah. where, you know, and, and I teach a law studies class too, but these are older kids. I taught sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And right now just mostly eighth grade and some seventh graders, but just to see that experience was kind of cool. So I, I love that. I love your story. And um, I want to ask you also, as a homeschool mom, I think recently, if I'm not mistaken, you you started sort of a, I, I know you don't call it a business, but it is kind of a business. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but it's kind of cool because um, I, I love what, what I'm seeing you do. Uh, I believe you called it Faith and Science Homeschool Co-op Classes. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about that. Oh my gosh. Well, like everything with this journey of ours in homeschooling, it's it's an answered prayer. And I feel like a broken record, but I keep repeating it. It's an answered prayer. So like I said, financially, it was a very hard decision because to homeschool, emotionally, I was ready. Financially, we're like, okay, God will provide. So we spent the first like year, year and a half of this, you know, going through our savings and, and thank God my husband has a great position at work and, and he's been getting promotions and raises, but we did get to a point that we're like, okay, we, we need, we need more money. Like it just, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Kids are getting bigger. They need more materials. Like I started realizing things I would take for granted in the classroom, like, like math blocks, you know, like things that I have to buy because yeah. I don't have a closet of 15 years worth of experience. that I can just go and grab materials from Like I have to actually buy everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we started praying. I remember it was over the summer. We were actually on a way to a trip or on, on a car ride. And my husband and I were like talking and we're like, you know, we just, we need more money. I, I have like another little business on the side too, but that really wasn't bringing the money that I, that we needed. And we just, we prayed We the kids were sleeping in the backseat and we were just praying. Like he was driving and we we're praying and talking. And the next day I get a call from a former coworker of mine, a friend of mine. She goes, oh yeah, do you want a tutoring gig? I was like, I mean, yeah, I need the money, but like when, how? And <laughs> it ended up what it was gonna be during the week at night because that's when parents want tutoring they don't want it on the weekend they can't yeah. do it during the day because the kids are in school so I told my husband I go babe I mean the very next day God answers the prayer but in this way mm -hmm. like I'm gonna have to leave you at night with the kids yes I got to be with them all day but then when do we have family like mm -hmm. it just it didn't feel like the right fit mm -hmm. right I trusted the Lord anyways and I go you know what God will provide maybe he'll find me a family that wants to do Saturday mornings and I put my name in there mm -hmm. I never got a call Mm -hmm. nothing ever happened um and then about i want to say it was like a month or two later i'm at this birthday party and one of the moms there from the group we started chit-chatting she was a, she's a former teacher turned homeschool mom too so of course we had like a million things in common and we had known each other from other meetings and um this homeschool group that i'm part of god had put it in my heart to start a bible study once a month we meet at a park and either myself or one of the moms brings a bible study for the kiddos we have kind of like an outline that we follow to 
keep some kind of consistency, but the freedom for every mom to bring whatever Bible story they want to bring and games and worship and crafts and all that fun stuff. Um, and it's, it's also been another answer prayer that God helped me find a community of like-minded moms mm-hmm. that were all Christian, we're all of faith, we're all homeschooling. And my kids don't feel alone because they have a bunch of friends that are all Christian, but they they go to school. Mm-hmm. And these are all kids similar to them, moms similar to me. So that was an answer prayer. And this particular mom throws at me the idea of, hey, so would you want to do a co-op? I go, oh, God, no. No, no, I'm homeschooling my kids. I'm loving my freedom. I don't have a boss. I don't have to answer to anybody. Like I do things when I want, how I want. She goes, no, 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 just, you know, like I can get a bunch of kids together for you. And I go, no, 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 that's too stressful. And, and, tar- and, and charge money? Tuta loca. I'm not going to charge no money for this. No way. Oh my God. So she kind of like realizes that I'm like freaking out at her. And she like dies down the conversation. And then she comes back like a few minutes later. And she goes, listen. I'm going to ask you to do what I said, but she goes, what are you doing for your kids in science? I go, oh my God, I have this great idea. And I said, tell her everything. <clears throat> and she goes, okay, how about if I bring my kids to your house and whatever you do with your kids, you do with mine. And that way they get to work together. And that was one of my prayers when I became a homeschooling mom that I told God, I want to have full control on my kids' education. Yes, but I do highly believe in them learning how to work as a team, especially in math and science. And I mean, in everything, because in reading too, but I like the idea of, I was always that teacher that I would, yes, I would teach, but then I would step back mm-hmm. and just observe, walk around, probe, you know, like throw ideas at a table and like, let them have at it and let them communicate. And I want my kids to have that. So she proposed that idea and I go, man, that sounds cool. Because now the science experiments I do with my kids are not going to be just me and them. It's going to be me, them and two other kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And then she goes, and you know what? My best friend has two kids. Are you are you okay with that? I'm like, me, yeah. I mean, I used to have a kid of class of 30. Like, I can handle six kids, no big deal. And then the idea started to flourish. And then I got in the car and I told my husband. He goes, wait, what? Oh my God. And then I and then I, it hit me and I go, okay, God, this is what I had asked you for. We needed a little bit more money. Yeah. And I had asked the Lord, it cannot interfere with my homeschooling. Whatever you give me, God. It cannot take away from my kids because if it does, then I might as well go back to my full-time job and make more money that way because I, that, that, that was my heart's desire. I do not want to interfere with my kids. And then it flourished into this. She started telling friends. I started telling friends, oh, I want it. Oh, I want to do it. I want it. Next thing I know, I have a max of 15 because I have like five or 10 more on a waiting list, but my house can only hold so many kids. I have, now have 15 kids that come to me every week. Wow. And... I don't get censored in my science teaching because in the public school system, I cannot talk about God. Yeah. Um, the kids would bring it up and mm-hmm. I would be like, yes, but I couldn't bring it up. Mm-hmm. And here, not only do I bring it up, it's in the forefront of everything we do. We start wow. with prayer. We start with a Bible verse or story or teaching of some sort. And then from there, we pull a scientific concept. We go through the scientific method. We do observations, we do experiments. The whole kick and caboodle, we end with a reflection, with devotional type reflection. We end in prayer. I provide all this to the parents and encourage them to go through the kids' notebooks at home to see what they learned. Even though the moms hang out here because I love to have them here like in the background. But mm-hmm. I want the dads to also know, hey, wh- what is my kid learning on Thursdays in yeah. this lady's house? You know, like, I love that. I feel like I'm getting the best of 
both worlds, right? I get to do the teaching. I get to be with my kids. My kids get to learn from other kids because most of the kids are older than they are. Um, I range between five and 10 years of age. And my kids are only four. Mi hijo está colado because he's four. But <laughs> um, <laughs> four and seven. So like the eight, nine, and 10-year-olds really <clears throat> minister a lot to my daughter. And the, she <clears throat> learns from them. And it's just awesome. And while, yes, there is there is money, they do bless me with the supply fee and with a class cost for my time. Um, I really, I don't want to call it a business and I know by definition it is, but it's just, honestly. You're doing the work of God. Listen, I- and Doing I the told, work of God. <laughs> it is. And I just told somebody the other day, like, I'm going to be totally frank. If I did not need the money, I wouldn't even charge it. Yeah, I, really I totally understand you 100%. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we're very ministry focused. I feel like me too. Um, yeah. I'm very ministry focused as well. So I get that. I get that conflict. But I think it's awesome because you have prayed about it. And God is clearly um, answering your prayers and making things so clear to you. So you know it's yes. from God when you've been praying about it. And it just comes together so nicely. So and, and, and it's just doing his work. So it's awesome. So we yeah. have only um, four minutes left. But I do want to ask you, um, I'd like to end the show. And, and first of all, thank you. Gosh, you've been so inspiring. I want to um, end the show by asking you two questions. First of all, what is one of your favorite Bible verses? And what's one of your favorite motivational quotes? Oh, man. Okay. So my life verse is Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And I have to give a fine print to that because most people use that verse as encouragement that God will provide everything you need. And while it is very true, that's not the way the Lord revealed it to me at a moment in time that I needed it. I was, after losing my dad unexpectedly, a year later, I almost lost my father-in-law. I was in the ICU. Um, we were all taking turns one person at a time. And it was my turn to be in there for about two hours, just reading to him from the Bible. He was unconscious and we were just praying, interceding and taking turns. And um, one of my moments of being there, I'm literally like crying out to God, like, please, like, I just lost my dad and I'm about to lose my father-in-law. Like, please, you like, do something. And he just gave me Matthew 6.33, part A, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he stopped me there. And for a while, I didn't even keep reading. And he just kept reiterating to me, just seek me. Seek me. Seek my righteousness. Seek my kingdom. Seek my way. Seek me. And then a few minutes later, I go back after like my, my moment of crying and, and I read the rest. And I go, oh my gosh. Everything that I've ever wanted, everything that I've ever needed, everything that I've ever asked for, all I need to do is just seek you. Mm -hmm. You're the one that's going to give me my desires. You're the one that's going to put those wants in my heart. So to seek you so mm -hmm. that's my fine print for that and um I love my it. yeah and then my my um motivational i kind of like made it up just because of my years in the classroom oh even better <laughs> yeah um my, since i taught math kids were always coming into my classroom like, scared of math scared of making mistakes <clears throat> and my goal was number one to make my students love math by the end of the year i wanted them to I was a nerd when I was a kid. I would make my own math tests for myself. Like I wanted my kids to love numbers that much. And I wanted to end the stigma of about your mistakes. There's a reason why we have an eraser. It's okay. So I would always tell them, listen, make mistakes. It's fine. The key is that when you can learn from your mistakes, now they're not mistakes anymore. Now they're your experiences. 
And I think that is so applicable to even us as adults. It's okay if you make mistakes, but if you don't learn from them, they're going to remain mistakes and failures. Learn from it, find the good in it, apply it in the future. And now you have wisdom, you have experience. And then when I started getting caras, I'd be like, y por eso tengo las caras. Like, that's what I would tell them. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's mine. Yes. I love it. I love it. You you gotta you gotta brand that. <laughs> Copy <laughs> copyright that or something. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you, oh, Elaine, yeah. so much for being here. Uh, I'm so sad we're running out of time. I could keep talking to you, but thank oh, you thank for you. it's been super, super fun. Thank you so much for yes. everything that you do. Thank that you. you're encouraging oh. so many women. Um, and you're just doing it again from like a work of heart, you know. So I really, really admire that of yours. Oh, thank you so much. That's super encouraging. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. And ladies, I hope that you got um, really a lot out of this interview. You know, I feel like I feel like this was um, something that if you've been on the fence uh, to be a homeschool mom and you've been having that tug on your heart, you're, you're a mom right now, especially if you have younger kids or school age kids. I think her story just right there could inspire you to maybe make that transition if that's what God wants and, and, and you can make that happen. And you're, if you're married, especially if you have support and not all of us have that privilege, I know, but that would be amazing. If you, if you want to consider that, or if you're already a homeschool mom, you can absolutely do something like that with that Elaine's doing. So just a little inspiration for you to know that you have purpose outside the classroom, that you can do more and that you are meant for more, even though teaching is an amazing virtue and an amazing gift and amazing calling that we can do more than that it doesn't have to be just teaching so i pray you're encouraged and again elaine thank you for being on the show and ladies i will see you in the next one all right my beautiful sister and teacher friend i hope that you enjoyed this show and that it brought you inspiration and some encouragement and if it's in your heart feel free to give me a five-star rating. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you may also do the same thing on Spotify. And of course, if you want to leave a written review, I would love to hear from you. I actually love reading my reviews. I love them because they bring me not just encouragement, but they tell me that they're making some kind of impact in your life. And not only that, but the more reviews the show gets, the more attention it gets, which means that more teachers can be reached so they can be inspired as well. Ladies, thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you in the next one.